I think there is, there is a movement to have less, fewer, if fewer volunteers required for the sport and fewer officials. So anything that has less commitment on, on volunteers is good, but it also just has to work. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane Tempest, and on our last episode, we chatted to Jay Thomas from Swimming USA and Mark Heathcote, CEO of Swimming New South Wales, about self-marshalling. We discussed how it was run in the US and the issues surrounding it. Today, we continue this topic and head over to New Zealand. New Zealand has been using the self-marshalling system for some time now, so we chatted to technical official Greg Forsyth and swimmer William Campbell about their experiences with self-marshalling. First up was Greg Forsyth from Wellington. G'day everyone, and uh, this is the second part of our self-marshalling topic. We just spoke to Jay Thomas and Mark Heathcote, Jay from Swimming USA and Mark from Swimming uh, New South Wales, the CEO of Swimming New South Wales there. We now head across the ditch, and I'm not going to use that opportunity to have a crack at the New Zealand uh, accent. Uh, I'm talking to Greg Forsyth. How are you, Greg? I'm very well, thank you. How's everything going over there? All right. It's uh, straight. I'm working from home, so it's sort of yeah. a bit odd, and, um, but um, we may only be a week away from something approaching and pretty well out of lockdown altogether. So Ooh, uh, Brilliant. Absolutely. Just the border will be the thing. Um, yes. So. Yeah. And uh, what is your role within uh, Swimming New Zealand? So I'm a, I am a referee, um, a, a nationally qualified referee, but I am the senior technical official in the Wellington region in, in the bottom of the North Island. Right, excellent. And uh, what have some of your career highlights been? Career highlights? Um, I've been fortunate to be, uh, I'm also, a, a, I'm a finalist starter. So I have been fortunate to officiate at uh, three um, Oceania Championships at the Youth Commonwealth Games um, and obviously several national uh, meets. But as a referee, national age group meet uh, champs and New Zealand short course champs, New Zealand secondary school champs over many years. So uh, oh. at, at, a, at a domestic level, done quite a bit. Excellent, excellent. Men of the people, that's what you are. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about this self-marshalling issue. Um, I know from my experience as a swimmer going over to your um, New Zealand short course championships. And I, I love the idea of it. It actually made me feel uh, less stressed and felt like I had more time and I wasn't getting in trouble from the, the marshallers for talking and, and, you know, not sitting in my correct seat and all that. So can you give us just a little overlay of how it works over there in New Zealand? Well, for the first thing is self marshalling usually happens only with either very low level club meets when the, uh, club team manager effectively would play a role of marshal would make sure the swimmers get to their lanes and so that's a bit at a very informal level but uh, another meet that we typically use it here in Wellington is at our um, 13 and over which we call a tier one so it's where the younger kids are away and it's just older swimmers are a bit experienced and they will just marshal themselves so it's it's not at a for for junior level swimmers I think Generally, people feel they need a little bit more structure around getting to the right place at the right time. So slightly older swimmers are probably more comfortable with it. So it's, that's how it's been done domestically. And it's also used at um, open championships in the morning sessions uh, yeah. at a national level. So 
in the heats, uh, self-marshalling, but during the finals, there would be proper uh, marshalling system. It's, inter- it's interesting you mentioned the team manager because we were just talking, um, as I said, to Jay from Swimming USA, and we discussed that it could we could have a team manager here in Australia to, yeah, make sure that, and take on that role as a marshaler in a way to make sure that behind the blocks and no one's missing their race or anything like that. So it's very interesting you bring that up. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier before we started the interview that we have a check starter. You guys have a check starter or don't have a check starter? Yeah, we operate a different system altogether, even when we have a fully marshaled meet. Right. We have a position called a check starter that we don't yeah, have. Yeah, right. Um, I think we did used to, when I first started, I've been in swimming for about 20 years and yeah. at, a very se- at a senior meet, the person I always thought was the clerk of the course actually led out the individual swimmers mm. and they were an- as they were announced in a final. But that sort of stop was kind of really formal and clunky. Um, so it doesn't ha- didn't happen anymore. So we just have, we usually have a clerk of the course in a, in a biggish meet yeah. who's a, in a referee who can... DQ people, you know, make infractions. Yeah, yeah. Recommend it, and a marshal who's a volunteer usually who yeah. just sort of makes sure that the kids are sort of rostered and whatever. Right. And that's our normal process. So I think there might be some duplication of some of your traditional roles in Australia. I'm not 100 certain how that works in Australia, but uh, so we don't have the same system. And um, I know, and swimming USA uh, put a bit more responsibly on the timekeepers to make sure that they're in the correct lane. Do you guys do that as well? Make sure that the timekeepers are checking who's in the lane? Again, at a lower level meet, um, typically it is, it is the timekeepers will do that and the kids will yeah. check with the timekeeper. Yeah. Um, but um, it's not something we encourage officials to do. I mean, our IOTs, we certainly don't encourage to engage with the swimmers or get involved with that, that sort of thing. So it's a, uh, yeah, it, it's something, again, that happens at a lower level meet, um, but not necessarily so much at a, at a senior meet. Right, right. Um, one issue that we were talking about, uh, me and Ben Ramston uh, were talking about, was what if someone withdraws um, or simply doesn't show up? Is there a penalty? Is there an opportunity for them to withdraw before the meet starts? Um, so it, in, in our region, at least, um, we would only apply a penalty in um, a championship level meet if it was a time final right. uh, or a final then there would be a penalty but in a heat uh no penalty um so it's much the same and in, in new zealand we run that in um at a national level too if you don't turn if you don't want to swim your heat at a national level meet or a regional level meet then there's no penalty it's an empty lane if you advise us that's great then the referee might know that there's going to be an empty lane but if there's no empty lane then if there is an empty lane then the referee just advises the control room as an empty lane and whatever process needs to take place from there takes place that's usually not a big drama there are there has there have been issues um with with self-marching but any type of meet when there is changes to the program which happen late sometimes it can be due to a technical problem and then you do end up with swimmers in the wrong place um mm. it can be problematic and does that make a little bit trickier for amalgamations yeah it does i mean you have to republish whatever um what we do with self-marshalling um we will publish the whole the whole program will be taped to the wall behind the blocks yeah so the kids will check so that is the last program uh, published okay amalgamations in a time final event um it's on a case-by-case basis if it's a longer event so 200 or longer and we've only got a couple of swimmers we're going to amalgamate a heat 
then we might do that. But generally speaking, you might you just run with and, it. And, and that just goes on the fly. Just tell the timekeeper who's in the correct lane and make sure it's yeah, in the system. Yeah, that wouldn't be a wouldn't go. It isn't, it isn't formal. It's not on the fly formally. Right. Just an informal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So for self marshalling, yeah, I think often for self marshalling there is a there is a usually a volunteer that is there to help the swimmers find their lane if they need it. But generally speaking, the public the the flyer that's pasted on the back of the wall is adequate for the swimmers. And so at a lower level meet and maybe at a relay meet, um, the club takes responsibility for getting their own swimmers to to the blocks. Basically. Right. Right. Um. And. You have, you're saying, you know, the younger ones, that there might be someone, you know, to tell them what to do and all that. I know in uh, national championships, there's a farm very, very, sorry, there's a lot more people than what there actually is at a lower meet. But does it run faster? Does it run slower um, due to self-marshalling? Um, I think it's pretty much on the par. And I, we, I think there has, the referee has to have their wits about them, working with the starter, I guess, to sort of, keep their eye on who's where and if the swimmers looking like they are confused then they have to take the time to make sure that the people are that they get in the right lane so I think that probably does happen on occasion but that can happen in a marshalled meet as well if there's plenty of people around and confusion and you know younger swimmers so I wouldn't say it's particularly a problem no yeah. certainly no more delays than caused by backstroke ledges or whatever else <laughs> yeah um and your uh what about when your age groupers um at your um, national championships that uh, are running late or something and they run out and pull deck saying, oh no, I'm here, I'm here. Like, do you get many of those at all? Or? Not, not many, no. No, at, at a national level, that would probably be a little bit of an issue. Um, but no, generally speaking, it's uh, the kids are pretty good. They, you know, taking it seriously. They're there when they need to be. You do have a lot of kids mulling around, you know, 50 metre heats. You know, they've yeah. got a lot, you do have a lot of people and a lot of activity. It can be a little bit uh, distracting of, um, for officials and hard to see what's going on back behind the box. But yeah, as I say, the only time it happens at a senior at a national meet is in a in heats in the heats in yeah. a morning session, and yeah. only it opens. I'm not sure you have to ask somebody from Swimming New Zealand whether they've done it at national age groups. Right. When you've got a lot more swimmers involved. Right. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah. it seems like people from New Zealand are far more switched on than people from Australia. I can definitely think that there'll be a lot of teenagers who would. Uh, get very distracted and not know where they are. Um, so the biggest center that you guys have in New Zealand is the Auckland Aquatic Center. Is that correct? Um, well, that's where the meets, the, the national meets have been held. Uh, the national on course meets yeah. have been held for the last three years. It's a, as a facility, it's kind of small uh, in terms of the room around the pool. Yeah. There is adequate space. Yeah. For, yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, this probably this question is probably not really relevant to you guys, but when you have the main competition pool and a warm up pool that might be in a separate location or it might be further down, there might not be a scoreboard or anything to tell the people where they're up to. Uh, USA Swimming used uh, a clock and had a clock there and a rough guideline with like a timeline. Um, so when a warm up pool doesn't have the ability to look at the scoreboard to see what event they're up to, what things do you have in place uh, okay so again at national level i mean that's it's only at the national aquatic center yeah um, long course there is a there is a small warm down yeah. pool at the end so it's not an issue there is another uh long uh, long course pool across the road um, oh right I again i don't think it's uh it's not it's not really an 
not really an issue. I mean, no, yeah. it hasn't been an issue. Yeah. At our local meets, um, it's still the responsibility of the kids to get themselves to the race. So if there are people that have been elsewhere, then they'll learn pretty quickly, I guess. Excellent. And um, so what age do the, that self, that, sorry, that marshalling kind of cut off? You said your older guys and your open uh, guys at the Open National Championships. And obviously when they combine the short course, they combine age and open. What age group does it kind of shut off when they go from no hard, there's no hard and fast thing i mean i think uh, yeah, like like i say at, at a at a lower level meet and at a club meet it sort of works because there's lots of people around um yeah. at the tol 13 and over meet we definitely think the kids have got enough experience and enough common sense to get themselves there and to organize themselves and yeah. that's how it runs in wellington which is what i'm familiar with yeah and i know from uh, swimming new zealand did uh, look at uh, self-marshalling for um, juniors, which is the 12 and under festival, which is held around the country for 12 and under swimmers. And there was uh, parents or managers quite strongly pushed back wanting to have marshalling, I think, to make sure that kids got their chance to swim. So, right. so right. I guess that line, roughly that line seems to be 12, you know, juniors versus age group. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point actually. And um with the whole COVID-19 situation, um, are you guys having any uh, discussions or any plans of um, obviously when meets come back, which will be a fair bit of time, but marshalling, do you have any ideas or um, any, yeah, any ideas that you're going to, how you're going to marshal? Are they going to separate them from either side or not? I don't, I don't know what the, I mean, I think it's too early for South here. It's just, um, we're just looking now and it's coming, we, we are coming out of um, the lockdown and we're moving through what we call level two into level, hopefully into level one in the next week or two. And then um, we will look at it. Um, I'm not sure what the rules around that the meets will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a hundred, uh, there's a, the rule in New Zealand at the moment is a hundred people in one place. So obviously most swim meets would break that rule. So we need to get clarity around whether, um, what the what, what the rules will be so so aren't really able to answer that yeah um and any improvements is there any improvements that could be made for the self-marshalling system at all i'm sure it could i'm sure it can be developed to work quite well i mean there's all sorts of technology and things that you think you could probably um we could probably run you know have a scoreboard um a, rep, a version of the scoreboard available for people to see all around the place so like you say if they're somewhere else they still get to see what's going on mm. Um, technology could solve a few problems. I guess it's familiarity as well um, with the kids and make sure that they're used to, you know, used to the system and what to expect. Um, I, I guess being consistent about how you treat people when they don't make their swim too would help. Mm. I mean, if you got to the situation where kids were not getting their swim and they expected to be accommodated, that would be difficult. Um, but right. generally speaking, we, it's a case by case basis. So I don't know. I think it's it's not something that. I think there is, there is a movement to have less fewer fewer volunteers required for the sport and fewer officials. So anything that has less commitment on on volunteers is good, but it also just has to work. So uh, you know we're always working that balance, aren't we? Yeah, exactly right. And and that's something that that Jay Thomas said was one of the advice he has for 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 us and the officials. You know who are so used to structure and 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 
all the rules and regulations around marshalling is just to give the kids a little bit of leeway. Um, you know, if they are, you know, struggling, they're at a lineup in the bathroom to get their suit on or something like that, you know, just to give them a little bit of leeway. Um, so coming back to the, the, the running of, of a meet and, and the time between each race is, do you know, from your point of view, is there a set time where the starter might go, right, no one else is coming in, even if a kid's yelling, saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm not, I'm not done, like, I'm here. Do you know if there's any, like, set no, there's time? No, oh, there's no set time. As somebody who's a starter and a referee, I know that you just got your eyes out open for yep. what's going on. And if you see some activity that looks a little out of the usual, then you probably just slow things down until you you're clear on what was going on. It's the same as you would if there was a person in the lane that you weren't expecting anyone to be there, you'd you'd take some action to make sure that the wrong person wasn't swimming. So it's just case by case, a bit of common sense and um, a bit of give and take, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's, it's hopefully kids get there or the swimmers understand what's required and more or less aware they're supposed to be. It, you sh should run pretty smoothly. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Now, I have to ask, you're from Wellington. Do you follow the Wellington Phoenix, who's in the, uh, the A-League, or are you more of a rugby man? Um, uh, I am probably more of a rugby man, but certainly yeah. follow uh, Welling any Wellington team that's competing in an Australasian league, and yeah. um, they've been going pretty well this year. And um, you know, hopefully they can get the finish of that season done yeah. and dusted at some point in the near future. I don't know when. I haven't heard a lot about football. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I know that they were thinking of starting it up soon. And you know, my team, the Central Coast Mariners, is at the bottom of the table, so I think I'm gonna have to cheer Wellington. I can't cheer for any other New South Wales team or a Queensland team or anything like that. So. Hopefully they can get it up and Wellington can get in the finals and do a really good job. Yeah, uh, anything else you want to add, Greg? Uh, no, I think it's just the point that I made before about, um, you know, there's, this, there's always this tension on having as few people involved required to run swimming as, as we can, as we can um, manage um, in a way that still works. And I know um, it's whatever's best for the swimmers at the end of the day, whatever's fairest. And I think if this is something that we could make work and keep it fair for all and swimmers can do it and we can reduce the burden on officials and self-marshalling is a, a good thing but um it's just horses for courses i guess at the right place at the right time oh well that's an excellent closing statement thanks greg thank you so much uh for coming onto the show today i know your prime minister is doing an excellent job over there and you'll be swimming very very soon take care greg and thank you very much thank you so we've had two technical officials' point of view, so now let's get an athlete's perspective on the self-marshalling system. They're the ones who are in the system, so let's now go to William Campbell from the Foranui Swim Club in Christchurch. Well, guys, we have just spoken to Greg Forsyth, a technical official in Wellington, and we're taking the ferry across the Cook Strait to the South Island. We're going to Foranui Swim Club in Christchurch. And we're chatting to one of their senior swimmers who has been to multiple New Zealand Open champs and has travelled over to Australia plenty of times to compete. It is William Campbell. Will, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Lockton. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. And we are just saying uh, before the interview started that you guys are back in training. Are you excited to be back in the pool? Yeah, no, definitely excited to be back in the pool. Not feeling quite so good as I probably could be, but <laughs> uh, eight weeks off will do that to you. Yeah, you're feeling a bit yes. sluggish? Yeah, a little bit. Were you doing much training outside of the pool? Were you doing like some TheraBand stuff and weights yeah. and all that? Oh, uh, not so much weights, but definitely band and, and uh, stretch cord work. 
Just yeah, whatever I could when I was at home. Basically. And it'd be a bit, it'd be a bit cold in the uh, water over there, so you probably couldn't go go for a swim or no. something unless you wore like four wetsuits that were, you know, five yeah. mil thick each or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So, I've brought you on today because uh, I know that you're a swimmer um, over in New Zealand and you're a very experienced swimmer. And for those um, who are listening right now. I met Will in 2015 at the um, New Zealand short course nationals when I went over there. And the memory I have, the best memory I have, Will, was uh, when in the relay team, in that 2015 relay team, where it was yourself, Matt Phillips, Tom Moody and, and Ben Ango. And Foranui was one of the powerhouse clubs over there. Is that still the case? Uh, not so much anymore. We've, we've gone to a bit of a lean patch the last couple of years, lost to a lot of our older swimmers. Right. But we're building back up. There's a few young ones coming through that I think are going to, any, any, any names that you can chuck our way that Australians should look uh, out for? Uh, there's Tycho Trufi Ormsby is probably one of them. Uh, he's, I think he was over at States this year, uh, competing there. Uh, Thomas McGibbon's another, but he's more into his, his surf and his, and his kayaking, so he might yeah. drop out soon. But yeah, there's a few coming through. Oh, good. Good to hear. Now, we're here to talk about self-marshalling and, and the pros and cons around it. Um, you've raced both in New Zealand and Australia. How many times have you been to Australia? Oh, five or six times like now. Yeah. Six maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So know the area very well. That's to Queensland and New South Wales, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And Victoria. I did the okay. first chance once. Yeah. 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 Um, can you give us a little insight into, uh, into how self-marshalling is at, in New Zealand, um, from what I believe, it's only at nationals that you guys use it in the heats. Is that right? Well, that's the only time I've experienced it. In Canterbury, we're still um, struggling to find pool space, so we have to be a little more creative with how we do our marshalling. But yeah, at national meets, it, it is purely for heats. Um, it's only, it was brought in maybe three years ago. Um, oh, right, be, okay. It was mainly brought in because they were struggling to get officials on pool deck to... Um, to be marshals because we, we have to get IT and things as well. So they were struggling to get the right officials. So I thought, let's give it a crack. And admittedly, the first meter or two was a bit chaotic. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, I think it's definitely worked well since then. Um, yeah. And is that um, age and open or just open? It's 13 and over. So it's, it's our age group and our, our open. It's not our juniors. Our juniors are still fully, fully marshaled. Yeah. Greg was saying the 12 and unders for your... Uh, I think it's called the National Swimming Festival uh, over there. Still do self marshalling, and they. I think they. I think we're saying that they were going to. Dis- they were discussing bringing it in, and then I think a lot of technical officials and parents went up in arms and said, "No, we'll yeah. uh, we'll stick with marshalling." So there's a few issues we are discussing over here, and I got you on because I want an athlete's perspective on it. You know, you're yeah. you're in the mix. You know, you're not just standing as an official. You know, watching what's happening. Um, I just want to go through some of these issues right now. The first one is, have you ever missed a race, like through self-marshalling? I haven't, but I know a couple that have. Um, yeah. It's usually, us, self-marshalling over here is not fully self-marshalling. So there'll still be, there'll still be, still, there'll be someone down there at the head of the block and they'll say, heat, heat four, you're up. Or, yeah. you know, heat six, you get ready. There's still someone there um, standing there to let you know what heat it is. But yeah, I have known people to, missed their race purely more because they weren't paying attention than because of anything yeah, else, yeah. just uh, immaturity and distractions yeah or, or, yeah. or, they, were, or they were focusing on their music or they yeah, were yeah. you know they're getting in the zones it's, it does happen 
it doesn't. Yeah, matter. I didn't even think of that actually. Yeah, like having your headphones in and listening to music, and yeah, not being. That's a good point, Will. Well, wow, thanks. <laughs> um, the next one is. Um, so obviously I've only been to the short course ones at Auckland and they split the pool in half and that second 25 is your warm up cool down pool. The, there's a pool across the road, I wouldn't call it a road, um, across the path there. Um, yeah. Is there a difficulty when there are two pools being run? One is a cool down pool and one, like, is there a scoreboard or, or a television or something in there? Um. I believe at the last Opens I went to, there was. There hadn't been one the previous year, but last year there was. And, also, and the other thing about our Opens is our Open sessions are about an hour long. In the oh, heads. Right. They're, they're not very long. So you're probably only swimming maybe one, maybe two events in a session. Mm. And they're usually bookend, you know, starting in to get as yeah. much time to warm down in, in between. So it's not so much an issue for us. But if I imagine at bigger meets, at nags, and have nags and haven't used that, that pool, it's a little bit more. I think it's just, they spend a lot of time trying to run to time over here. Right. So you won't, we don't often start a race early. We quite a, we're either on time or we're a behind bit time. Yeah. A little bit late. So I think that helps. The fact that they, they do try not to, to rush through things. They, they take the time and they slow it down, which sucks if you're sitting in the stands waiting for the thing to be over. But as a swimmer, I think it definitely helps to know that they're not going to jump ahead of you and get and Yeah. Get, you know? Yeah, well, that actually brings us to our next question. You know, does it cause disruption when running in the meet? Like, have you ever been to, you said those first couple of years were a bit chaotic. Uh, were they ever, like, was it a big just mess the first couple of times? Like, was there a lot of disruption? There wasn't too much. It was more just sort of, you know, someone might stay in the wrong lane. Right. Or someone would sort of rush onto the blocks at the last second, you know, get the gear cap and goggles on. But that happens at, meets all the time anyway so i wouldn't say there's anything outside of what you'd normally experience I mean, apart from obviously people missing their race maybe a little yeah. more frequently and yeah. and those little bits and bobs but i wouldn't say there's yeah. more than normally yeah now one memory i have was marshalling for the 50 backstroke and there just being so many people so many people and and auckland that starting in is what from the start the end of the competition pool to the little 25 learn to swim pool they have there. It's yeah. about what, 10 meters or something like that. Uh, probably it's, not even that. Yeah. It's not even a lot, not a lot of room for, mm. um, for 50 meter events. Like, especially when we're in this uh, COVID-19 situation right now, when we're trying to social distance, does it get crowded and, and what strategies do you reckon could be used? It does get crowded. Uh, does it crowded? They've, they've started using, um, They've actually moved all the clubs down a bit. So they've actually got a, the bottom corner, the sort of the 15 meter rope into the end. They're now using that for some marching as well, which has made okay. it a little bit, a little bit more spacious. Um, and they also let us go around the back of that learners pool now, and we can go around the learners pool. So there's a, a bit more space. Um, but yeah, I, it can get crowded. And if you're stuck at the back, you know, you're listening to music, you sit on the ground, you can't really see the board, and you don't know what's happening. So it does make things a little bit more anxious in that regard mm. i guess for swimmers you've got to be a little more switched on which means you can't possibly can't be a switched on for your race yeah um but there's definitely i mean they there's definitely ways you can get around sort of social distancing you know because you can spread out you may i mean you they only want what four or five heats down there at a time right um so you, and there's probably there is enough space there for that 40 50 people to spread yeah. out around the 
around the pool. So there's definitely ways around it, but yeah, it can get quite, especially for the 50s, it can yeah. get quite crowded down there. Yeah. Um, I was chatting to Greg Forsyth before, and he was saying that over here we have a check starter in Australia where, you know, when the people walk out, uh, they will, they will uh, parade the swimmers out, whether it be a heat or something like that, and then make sure everyone's in the same lane. Um, you guys, Greg mentioned that you had that years years ago. Um, he he reckons over fifteen years ago or something like that, and he described it as formal and and clunky. Now you've been in Australia and New Zealand. Do you find it formal and clunky, or does like, yeah? What's what's your opinion? I quite like. I mean, I quite I'm quite a fan of the Australia, the way you guys do it because I like how you know you've got to go check in yourself. So it's, it is partially self marshal, but at the same time, you know that there's going to be someone there to sort of almost pick you up. If, if you are listening to music or you're sitting down somewhere yeah. and you're not really paying, there's someone who'll yeah. come and go, you, you know, we're going yeah. now. Yeah, and double so check I, as well. Yeah, yeah, double check. So I quite like that. And I, it, I mean, we kind of get around about having that person stand there going, heat four, you're up. Yeah. Which is all good as long as you know you're heat four. Yeah. Um, which I guess is putting more owners in the swimmers in that regard. So I do quite like the fact you have that person you can double check and just, you know, does shepherd you along a wee bit. Yeah, but I can also see it can. For meets like opens over here, which is literally yeah, like an hour long, it can be a bit clunky because you have you've got maybe two or three heats per event um, if we're lucky. Um, and having someone walking them out every time, you, it would just add you know a minute to each race, yeah. and it's not it, it blows out a lot more for that event. As opposed to you guys, who have sort of a lot more swimmers per event over there when you guys are racing. So yeah, I can see why he finds it clunky, but I do quite like it myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming back to that fifty meter, uh, you know, the the, the crowd in, in the fifty meter. Would it be an idea if we could self marshal longer events like your fours and and your twos, but then fifties would be a bit more organised because they don't go for long. What what do you reckon that'd be a good idea or? Yeah, I, I reckon you can get away with self marshalling down to a hundred. Right. Okay. Because I mean, even the hundred, you've got a minute. A minute so over you know, a minute and a half between each race anyway because time plus officials yeah. messing around and all the rest of it but for 50s yeah i think 50s are definitely something that needs to be marshaled um yeah and cleaned just, up a little bit yeah just because it's it, they're very you know the heats go by so quickly and you could look up the board and say 19 and then look back up and it might say 26 so, yes you know, it's, it's it's just too quick i think for to do that completely self marshaling yeah. Yeah. You're trying to get the zone and all the rest of it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've definitely brought a different element to this, Will, about, you know, swimmers with music on and trying to get in the zone, especially if it's, an, if it's a national champs and that's part of your routine. Um, which one do you works, think works better? Uh, Self-marshalling or structured marshalling? Give us a little pros and cons list. All right. Um, I'm a fan of sort of some bastardization in the middle. Um, right. The pros, are, the pros are structured marshalling. Obviously, you know, the swimmers, there's no onus in the swimmers. Swimmers can do whatever they want and they're going to get picked up by the person taking along. It's, it means they have no responsibility for getting to their race, really. They've, all they've got to do is turn up, listen to the name, walk out. And that's great as a swimmer because it gives you the maximum opportunity to get in the zone and get focused. Downside that is it also means you've got to be at marshalling a certain time before your mm. race to make sure you get called, which could put, you know, some swimmers off because they're used to having less time. You know, they used to be able to be themselves a bit longer or whatever. Yeah. 
Where self-mastery goes the opposite way, you put maximum onus on the swimmers, but they've got maximum freedom to when they can turn up and when they can go out and all the rest of it. So I kind of like a bit of both. I mean, I'm someone who gets to marching quite early. I quite like to be there and, and I like to watch the races before me and see you know, what times I've been throwing up and where I sort of have to be. Um, but at the same time, I like being able to get there whenever I want. Yeah. You know, but it's, and then again, I like being you know, told my races and told where I am. But at the same time, I like to be able to go out to my race when I want. So yeah. it's, it's some, some mix, I think, will be good. I mean, you guys do have it quite good where you just go and you check in whenever you want. As long as you're there for your race, they walk you out. And that's quite a good system. But I think it can definitely be improved, as by make, especially with long events. You know, those swimmers can just walk themselves out for eight, yeah. 15s. You know, they can just go out whenever they want, as long as they're checking yeah. to marginal. So. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we take it for granted over here in Australia, the, the aquatic centres that we have. Um, you know, we have Sydney Olympic Park, which has its own designated area, which is, mm. you know, huge. Um, and then uh, Chandler has its own so a little a marshalling room, plenty of space. And even um, Melbourne Aquatic Centre, you know, is is pretty good with that. Um, Will, thank you for your time today. And that has really put a whole thing in my head because I, yeah, I, I was saying before, I really like self-marshalling because it took the freedom it gave me more freedom. It gave me more freedom to rock up to marshalling whenever I wanted to and not be worried about being on time and might be getting my name pulled. Uh, but now that you mentioned, you know, yeah, trying to get in the zone and listening to music, you could very easily get distracted. So yeah. Um, Will, give us a little career highlight. What's your career highlight? Career highlight. <laughs> oh God. Um, I think I've got to say my career highlight would be I've got two of them actually. One of them, one of them is from from when I went over to Queensland State Champs uh, when I was eighteen and um, turn a fly. There weren't enough swimmers, so it was a straight final, and um, I managed to get up and do a, a six-second PV. Whoa! And, a and at the age of eighteen, and snake a, a, a visitor's bronze. So that was definitely that was pretty special. Um, yeah. And then my New Zealand-based one uh, a few years ago. Foreigner, he took out the uh, the four by two freestyle relay at opens over the likes of North Shore and and Capital and all our sort of you know big clubs that are, yeah. know, have the swimmers and we were able to get up and yeah and take the W, which was pretty cool to be fair. That's you know, pretty cool. Yeah, and especially so you had you mentioned Capital, uh, North Shore. Who who's the club with the H on it? What's Howard Bakaranga? Yeah, they Dan Hunter used to swim there, didn't he? Or he does swim there. Uh, I, th I think he, well, I think he, he still swims them, but I think he's somewhere over in Australia. Yeah, I think he trains. I think he trains up in up in Queensland or maybe somewhere. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. You've definitely right. put a different perspective and creating more discussions, but also answering some of our questions as well. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to that episode, everyone. And if you would like to share your experiences with self-marshalling or anything swimming-related, please join our digital community and get involved with our discussions. To join, type in the URL community.swim.rocks, click the request to join button and follow the prompts, or head over to our social media pages and click the link. For now, stay safe, stay healthy, stay dry.